It's time for another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. <laughs> he had the hair in the middle of his back and a horn on the top of his head. Big triangle-shaped shiny object in the sky. I don't know what it was. That's, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. None of this stuff is real. I know what I saw. This week on The Attic. Part one of unexplained disappearances. Just a little background on disappearances before we get started with part one. I don't know if you knew, there's over 600,000 people who disappear each year in the United States alone, from children to adults. One of the most well-known campaigns was to put missing children on milk cartons. Now, that started in 1984 and ended in the late 90s. To this date, not one person was ever found who was on a milk carton. And the famous Dr. Benjamin Spock, who everybody had his book at one time in their house, said it did more damage because it scared the poor kids when they were drinking milk thinking they may appear on the side of a milk carton one day. I didn't know that. Yeah. And you know some of the famous disappearances. Amelia Earhart. Um, anybody in the Bermuda Triangle, which are probably over hundreds of disappearances. Right. But the case in part one that we want to talk about is the strange case of Jacob Hester. Now, Jacob and his wife Rita lived in Pennsylvania and ran a farm in the early 1860s. They had cattle. They had um, they had cattle. They had vegetables. They had orchards, and they made their money by supplying the Union Army during the Civil War. Jacob took care of the cows and the livestock, and Rita took care of the orchards, and they made a nice living. And they were able to stick their profits into the bank. With no kids to help them, they prospered very quickly. They became so good at it that after the war, they kept the contract with the United States Army, and they flourished even more, which let them buy more and more land, and they became more and more wealthy. Now, this is where the story gets very interesting. One day, Jacob goes out, into the farm, or into the, uh, one day Jacob goes out to take care of the livestock. And he never comes home for dinner. So his wife, Rita, goes out looking for him. And she knows where he's at because she can see the cows at the far end of the pasture. pasture. So um, she walks to the far end, calls his name. She can hear him. She hears him saying, Rita, I'm here. She's looking around, can't find him anywhere. She keeps calling his name. Jacob, where are you? Rita, I'm right here. She cannot see him. But she can actually hear him respond. She can actually hear him respond. Now, she's out in the middle of the pasture. So they have a well on the grounds. So the first thing she thinks is, He's fallen down the well. 
Tisha goes to the well, yells his name. Jacob, where are you? Are you in the well? He says, Rita, I'm right here. I can see you. She says, I can't see you. Are you in the well? He said, no, I'm not in the well. So now she becomes frantic. She goes into town to get as many men as she can to come out to help find Jacob. So they, they go around the, all the, the whole property out where Jacob is. And they're calling his name, and then they get quiet, and they can hear Jacob. And he keeps yelling, I'm here, I'm here, help me. They can't find him. Now this goes on for about 10 days. And she keeps going out, keeps hearing him. But after the 10th day, the voices seem to get farther and farther and farther away. So eventually they stop never hear anything more but Rita still goes out into the field every day calling his name hoping that she can find him so in 1889 this young gentleman comes to town he stops off at Rita's place and he doesn't leave Rita's place it's very controversial in town because it's not you know, you have an older woman, Rita, 49, and this younger guy in his, say, late 20s, early 30s, while the town's gossiping and talks. And, you know, at that time, you know, it wasn't, it was okay for men to marry women that were 12, 13, 14. You know how it goes. Right. Uh, where you didn't see that with women. Right. right. You know. Like women were just widowed when their widowed. husband died. Yes. Right? Yes. So he shows up in 1889. He's there for about a month. And abruptly, Rita sells all her property, takes all her money out of the bank, and the very next day, because you remember, Rita lives in Pennsylvania. Right. The very next day is the Jonestown flood. What? Really? Wipes out all of Jonestown, Pennsylvania. Over 2,000 people are killed. Property damage, livestock damage, unbelievable. Because if you remember the, if you remember the story, there was a huge dam that burst, flooded everything. Rita leaves, and tells the people in town she's moving out west. Out she goes. And that's the end you ever hear of Rita, Hester, and the young man she was with. Really, until 1960. 1960, Rita's great-great-granddaughter finds a trunk in her mother's house. Right. Opens up the trunk and finds a whole bunch of family papers. And in the uh, family papers is a wedding certificate for Rita Hester. Hmm. And the wedding is certificate is from 1912. Rita Hester now is 72 years old. Right. And she married a 58-year-old man. Are you ready for this? By the name of Jacob Hester. Now, is that a coincidence? What? That her first husband was named Jacob. A young man comes to town when she lived in Jonestown, has right. her move away the day before the flood, and his name's Jacob Hester also. She marries. Now. Wait, that's crazy. Here's. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. She, when she moved, 
No explanation. Just up and moved. Just up and moved. Hmm. Just sold everything. Rock bottom prices. Hmm. But, I mean, you know, she was rich, so she could, and made a whole new life out in out west. west. Huh. And, and we don't know anything else about her. Now, my question is this. Is it possible that her first husband, who remember when they went out in the field for 10 straight days trying to find her, and, and you could hear him yelling, Rita, I'm here, I'm here, and him, Rita saying, Jacob, I can hear you. Where are you? Could Jacob have passed into a different dimension or time zone and somehow come back? Uh, Warned Rita mm -hmm. of the Jamestown flood. Right. Jonestown. Of Jonestown flood. I'm yeah. sorry. Of the Jonestown flood and told her it's time. You, we need to go. We have to go. Now, is it possible that he knew the future? Now, you want to think, well, that's crazy, but she marries this guy on a certificate, the same name of the guy, basically the same age he would have been when he disappeared. That's what I was going to ask. So when when she got married to him, he was the age he would have been if he hadn't yep. disappeared. Yep. I mean, when he disappeared. 14 years difference, which is the, right. the time he was gone. See, now that is what I consider a strange and unusual disappearance. Now, it, is it possible that she married to Jacob Hester? Yes. Well, but still, nothing answers why she just packed up and left. Just packed up and left. Unless somehow she knew in advance what was going to happen. Now, I mean, I've heard real quick, and you, you've heard this too, where people, you know, they'll be driving down a road or something, and the road will change. Or they'll see something that really shouldn't be there. Right. Like way throw back in time right, or right, way right. ahead of time. Right. Could he have stepped through some portal into a different dimension? Right. That was farther along than we were. And he knew about the and flood. knew about the flood, knew where she was. And for that many years, tried to get back to her, but eventually did. Hmm. Because you just wouldn't see a, even let's just forget about all that. You don't see a young or an older woman marrying a younger guy in those times. Well, so so for all of that, so let's say that's exactly what happened. So he had to have convinced her that it's me. It's me, yes. Somehow he convinced her. And he could, okay. And she believed it. And then they moved away. Now, here was my question when you said that. Let's say, and I don't know the exact date, but whenever the flood was, the 1889 flood, and let's just say it was June 1st, just for purposes right, right. of my question. And now it's like January. So how did he convince her the day before and not the three or four months? I mean, so if it's me... 
and my loved one comes back and they say, listen, it's me. And let's say I believe it. And then obviously you'd be, well, why are you back here? Say, well, look, on May 1st, there's going to be this flood. Or June 1st, whatever. Right. June 1st is going to be his flood. Then I, if I believed it, I'd say, well, look, let's go now. Let's not wait till <laughs> the night before. Let's get out of here. Well, she was a very wealthy woman, and maybe it took that long to liquidate her. Assets. Yeah, because I don't know the, the, the time. Right, maybe, right. Maybe he was there 30 days before or, right, or two right. weeks before. I don't know. But so that is the strange disappearance of and reappearance of Jacob Hester. Of Jacob Hester. Man, that is strange. Is that a story for the attic? Absolutely. Wow, that's a strange story. That's so. This guy stepped through time, maybe. Maybe. How do you convince somebody when you come back? Well, I mean, they have been married, so it could be anything. It could be anything. You know? It could be a birthmark. Oh, it could be. It anything. could be anything right, that right. you would know that someone else would would not know about. Uh, sure. You know, it could be as simple as. Well, it could be anything. A burn on the arm or... Sure. Wow. Well, look, that's what we like to do here at The Attic, bring you stories that you otherwise wouldn't find. Next week on The Attic, part two of Unexplained Disappearances. When a young boy disappeared at the age of four and was returned approximately eight months later, his parents couldn't have been happier. Or... Maybe they shouldn't have been so happy.